back here at J. Tom Hall, a rink. Concert-like atmosphere here between periods during this uh, first intermission. Mike Mack with John Leahy, Merrimack leading Maine by the score of 2 to nothing. And uh, just pose the question over to uh, Mike McMahon, Mark Malata as well, at what point fans start coming to the hockey games for a, for a concert. And that's what it's been like here. It's uh, pretty amazing. I, I told you, Mark, before, right? I heard the music playing. I thought they were playing it over the loudspeakers uh, in an earlier game. I turned around, and the band was playing here. It's, pre- it's pretty impressive. And this is uh, this might be for, you know, Palfrey. Let's give it a listen for a second. You can't do. I mean, you can't do much better than the Foo Fighters. There, no, you really can't. I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. I love Dave Grohl, everything he's done up to this point. But this band, pound for pound, may be the best band in hockey East. You can put them in that conversation. All right, we're talking with Mark Villotta from NutriZone.net. Mark, uh, tell the folks what NutriZone is and uh, what your role there is. Absolutely. So I am one of the head scouts for the New England region as well as um, the director of Mass High School for NutriZone. Essentially what we are is an amateur hockey recruiting website, and a lot of the work that we do is, you know, for a lot of parents and fans and scouts and coaches alike who aren't aware of the comparisons that you could make from different players across the country. So a player that's in the AJHL out in Alberta versus a player who plays New England prep school. How do you compare them? That's one of the things that we do by offering star rankings on all of these players, pretty much from the ages of 14 through 21, and evaluating their readiness for college hockey or major junior. So I know we've got folks uh, listening, watching, I'm sure, uh, fans of Maine, fans of Merrimack. Let's talk about uh, both these clubs and what's on the docket, what's coming up next, uh, and what folks gonna, fans can expect to see, you know, say next year, right? So uh, what's Maine's recruiting look like over, you know, say for the next year, for the fall of, uh, of 2022, and some of the players they might have coming in, uh, how does it look for them? You know, it's, it's funny because that question itself would be far easier to answer if, you know, the pandemic hadn't happened, but because of that, it's changed things so much and drastically where you have so many players that came in and some of them are playing their fifth years and in other cases, others got pushed off, others chose to go into other areas. So in this case, you know, it's, it's hard to say what exactly the recruiting classes will be, but more than likely, you're going to end up seeing a few of the kids who are a little bit on the older side who are going to be coming in for next year. I think a couple of players that I really like, and one thing that you can note that uh, Coach Ben Barr and his staff have been doing, they've been really recruiting to an identity, and they're starting to build that up into what they're going to be in the next few seasons. And that is going to be a tough, a team that's tough to play against. A couple of players just off the top of my head that, you know, they really is going to fit well, especially in Alphon. Um, Patrick Raftery, he's a player out of Colorado, played for um, the Colorado Thunderbirds U16 team. And uh, he, I believe, is, I think he may be either in the USHL or the NA, but um, he's a, a quick forward, but he plays really, really hard. He gives you 110% every time he's out there. The same for a player like a Brock James, who's playing for Northfield Mount Herman in uh, prep school hockey he's a player who didn't really get you know top billing or was a top star kid but he just plays so hard every game and now the points are starting to come at a much higher level of hockey and prep compared to what he was doing a few years earlier well you mentioned the uh, the identity that uh, Ben Barr is recruiting to what do you see that identity being what what's uh, Ben Barr going to try to do here at Maine yeah and, and this is this is one of the things especially when you take over a team and this is your first year there you know you want to establish that identity and that's exactly what he and his staff are trying to do one thing that we've noticed quite a bit is, you know, in the past what they've done quite a bit is look at different prep players locally, some prep players that have been in the league two or three years, 
They have you know pretty good GPAs and a lot of players that are very well-rounded individuals, and that's a number of the players that you see out on the ice tonight. I think one of the things that they're recruiting to that identity, being tough to play against, a little bit um, higher skill, a little bit higher end players that they're looking for this year. So in terms of star rankings out of five stars, you're looking at a few more three fives, three seven fives than you are three stars and three two fives. So I would say that identity-wise, they're looking for a little bit more speed. They're looking for a little bit more grit and a little bit more um, just kind of well-rounded from that end. Uh, and let's turn our attention then to Merrimack here. Uh, what do things look like as far as recruiting for them? Uh, guys that they have uh, slotted to come in for next season. Uh, who are some of the top guys that uh, Merrimack fans will look forward to seeing on the ice next year? For sure. And, and I think it's a little bit different for Merrimack's case because I think their recruiting um, cycle is a little bit different because they already had players that they had ticketed to come in next year, and I don't think that's going to change all that much. Um, you have players like Trevor Greibel, who's been in the USHL for what seems like eons. He's been out there and been one of the better defensemen in the league for a long time. Big, big player, long stick, physicality, has good vision from the top of the blue line, does a lot of things really well. Um, you have a player like Zach Bookman, who we've talked about before. That's that's the player that everybody's looking at from the AJHL, setting point scoring records out there. Breaking. Now he broke the record set by Kale McCarr out Right. He certainly did, and he's actually threatening to break the all-time defenseman point record in the AJHL. That's the kind of special season that he's having, and he's He's going to be a pretty good one. I think it's going to take, as it does with most players coming from juniors to the D1, you know, it takes a little time to get adjusted. He's not going to score 50 points in his first season. It's going to take him some time to adjust and get used to everything. Uh, again, we're talking with Mark Pallotta from NeutralZone.net. Uh, score at the end of two periods, or sorry, the first period of play. Merrimack leads, leads Maine 2 to nothing. Uh, your take on that first period, uh, thoughts on that first period of play? That was, you know, it, it's really interesting because the way to, especially if you're Merrimack, you have that home ice advantage and you want to really take advantage of that. This actually harkens back to a few years ago, back when, you know, Merrimack was in NCAA tournament contention. One of the big words that was used by the coaching staff was attack. Attack, attack, attack. And that's exactly what this Merrimack team is doing, where they're constantly putting pressure on in the offensive zone and taking shots from all directions, doing really well in keeping the puck below the dots. I mean, that's exactly what they need to do to have success, and that's what they've done tonight. And you see it in the shot disparity, 20-7. to 7. That's exactly what they need to be doing, textbook. Yeah, and I felt this as the period went along. Of course, it took until late in the period, but Maine started, I think, kind of into the bell, you know, to a certain extent. We're starting to get some chances uh, like that. But, I mean, both these teams, really, they're, 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 they're bread and butter is going to be being hard-working, a hard-working type of club that's going to get pucks in the net, work hard getting to the net, win physical battles, and so on. I, I think that's how both of these teams are going to try to win games. Very, very much so. And the other thing, too, is, you know, if you're looking for an impetus point for when did that when did things really shift for Maine, is after the hit that happened right over here against Adam Daw, you notice that the bench really started to stand up on end, and there were a lot of a lot of their kids really started to take that to heart. You saw them playing a bit more physical. They had an extra step, they, so they played a little bit harder just after that. So the response there, I thought, was pretty good, looking at it from that perspective. Again, the score at the end of the first period is Merrimack 2 and Maine nothing. You know, as we look around the rest of the league, uh, anything else that jumps out at you from recruiting, anything, uh, or maybe even nationally, college hockey-wise, anything notable to mention here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting. You know, I think the largest thing that people haven't really talked about in quite a while, 
no one's been talking about phantom recruiting in quite a while because it's been largely curtailed. There hasn't been that many cases where it's been an issue anymore. We're, so we're talking about how old? Correct. So phantoms would be anywhere the ages of like 13, 14, somewhere in that area. If you're looking about five or six years ago, those players were being recruited openly and they were they were grabbing verbal commitments all over the place. But that, that ceased with an NCAA rule that came in, I believe, four years ago, three years ago. And once that happened, it completely curtailed the process. Now, that isn't to, isn't to say that those players don't go on their own to visit schools and things like that, but the actual recruiting has not taken place. And what has happened now is there are some players, as an example, right now the recruitment for 2005 is you know something that a lot of coaches are looking into. There are actually some players who are accelerating their studies and going in to try to accelerate their studies to go up with a birth year ahead. There's a 2006 player who committed to Michigan a few months ago, and what he did was accelerate his studies to go up to the 2005 level, and that basically allowed him to be able to commit because he was a high school junior by all uh, default. Alright, interesting. Alright, uh, Mark, thanks as always. We appreciate uh, appreciate all of the uh, insights you give us into the world of recruiting, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Most definitely. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate it. Alright, Mark Bellotta from NeutralZone.net has been our guest here in the first intermission with our score, Merrimack 2, Maine nothing, brought to you as always by Under Armour. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.